Louis Erickson has agreed to a six-year deal with Vancouver Canucks. Yo, what's bappin' sports fans? I, I was thinking maybe doing a new little intro here, because I was listening to uh, Puck Soup, and they always mm-hmm. say, like, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm Aaron from uh, WFYM Talk Radio, and with yeah. me is Stefan from, I don't know if we should do Go Off Kings or Block Party or both. You could, you could do both, I think. Yeah. yeah, it makes it sound more yeah. important. Like, we got a lot of it shit does. going on, and then we also got this hockey podcast. But not only that. We have a guest that's also like an actual media member. So we have that's Tyson right. Cole from uh, Canucks Army uh, at, I was going to, it's Spittin' Picklets. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> What's yeah. bapping? What's bapping, everybody? <laughs> yeah, big Canucks win last night. Yeah, I was saying before we started recording, and I, I was texting you this, Aaron, as well. I was like, I don't, I don't want to do another <laughs> negative episode because... It's been so nice being positive this year and being happy about the Canucks and, and having good vibes and everything. And we had enough negativity yeah, last season. Yeah, we got season. soft. I think, we ki- I think the Canucks being good again has made it... Like, we were so... Uh, be, you know, being negative about the Canucks, the Canucks being bad, we were so used to it. We were so desensitized to it. Uh, 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 you know, after like eight years of that happening and we just expected the worst. And this year has been so good and everything's gone right. And so this four-game regulation losing streak... It was like legitimately a huge bummer. And I was like, I was not looking forward to being like negative about the team again. And then they go out and have like, I mean, I think the best, I mean, I think probably the most important win of the season, if you think about it. Like, I I think obviously setting the tone with the Edmonton wins at the start of the year. And there were some other big games, obviously. But I think so far, this is probably their their most important win of the season. And it it felt great to watch. Top five. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I'm thinking of, yeah, the Edmonton wins were huge to set the tone. I would say probably the New York game in New York was right up there. But, yeah, yeah, this has to be maybe even top three. I think so, yeah. I would say it's number one for Canucks fans. Oh, yeah. After getting so embarrassed for nothing in their building, and then they come into our barn, and then just such a comeback win, like, Fans love to see it. Must have been like the biggest game of the year. Well, especially because like it was the last like eight minutes of the game, right? They were down two nothing, and I, I just it did seem like another one of those games where like they were playing really well. They were playing great five on five, just weren't getting the bounces. They were definitely like Swayman was playing out of his mind, mm-hmm. um, and it just kind of felt like another one of those games which we've seen a lot of recently. Uh, and so for them to come back like that, and I mean, obviously beating Boston feels really good as well. Um, but yeah, I was, I was at my parents' house for like a family dinner thing. Boo. I know, I know. But I was like, I was like sneaking down to watch the game and like, I was like following along in, in the hate this team discord and everything. And then when I got to overtime, uh, me and my cousin like snuck down and like finished watching (laughs) the overtime and it it was great. It felt great. So, um, I wish I was there. Tyson, were you at the game? Yeah, I was at the game. Went with a couple of buddies. Wow. What yeah, was the vibe? Was what was the vibe like there? Because it it seemed like just from watching on TV, it seemed crazy. Oh, it was 
vibes were a little down when we were down bad. But yeah. I mean, as soon as we scored the one goal, it was like, okay, we can actually do this. We can come back. Yeah. And what really helped is the green men are back, boys. I know. Green oh. men are back. I love like, it. The the place went absolutely crazy when they were showed on the jumbotron and JVR was in the box and they're doing their dances. I will say, kind of, you know, gained a little weight, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that maybe the dancing they'll do beside the penalty box will uh, help me cut it. But <laughs> great guys. <laughs> they got the uh, the fanatics Greenman suits. You could really really you see, really pork see and beans them. on TV. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's probably I, also that like to wear a cup. Yeah, definitely. I think it's also that like maybe, you know, cameras have gotten even better since the last time they were around too. You know, it's been, yeah, it's been like be almost it. a decade. So uh, it was definitely I, clear on TV that you could see a lot going on there. I, uh, that sort of adds to it, I think, too. <laughs> I think Renee Bork in, in our Discord brought up that they could be doing viral marketing for like an OnlyFans. Which like yeah. led me to think it'd be really, really funny if it wasn't like a Canucks. If it wasn't like the original guys, but it was actually like a guy was just like a huge dick that was doing yeah. it to go viral that just wore the green man <laughs> outfit there. I was yeah. like, hey, look, guys, it's me. Um, yeah. The other thing I found funny about it is they were doing the the waffle tossing bit, right? I'm so but, glad like, they brought that back. Because that was in reference to the, the maple leaves, The right? maple leaves, like, yeah. In like 2000, was it 10 or something? 2009? Someone, someone, someone threw, threw waffles, waffles on the, on ice, the right? ice. And then they yeah. did it when Toronto was in town. And... Yes. If you're just like a casual hockey fan or like maybe a hockey fan that uh, was a child in 2009, I I think that reference might seem kind of isolating. Sure. Yeah, certainly. But it was it was great to see. And I mean, I, I hope they're, you know, it just it is bringing back those vibes from like, you know, 10, 12 years ago. And it's just like. Oh, it's been that, such a fun year. That's and like a high risk vibe thing like, for me because it is very reminiscent of that 2011 era and you're playing yeah. the Boston Bruins. So if you bring the, the fucking green men back and then they lose horribly, that would have just been yeah. like another gut punch. So I'm, I'm yeah. really happy they were able to pull it through and now, at the end of the day. Now it feels like they're like a, uh, a good luck charm again, right? So it's it's great. Yeah. I mean, so they did they like introduce them at the at the game and everything and make a big deal out of it or Yeah, so it was like a TV timeout or whatever and I think it was I think it must have been in the first period, but so they didn't sit down there normally. They were like, "Okay, everybody look over here. It's the green men." And then oh. they just did their dance all the way down. Oh, it was they waited until there was a penalty and then they introduced oh. them. Oh, that's because good. Then so they smart. walked down and then went right to JVR. That's really it good. was it was pretty clean. Yeah, oh, funny awesome. that there were so few like Canucks power plays in that game as well. Mm-hmm. Like if they didn't get that that offsetting Can one in the imagine? first period, the green men would have been waiting up in some suite until yeah. <laughs> <laughs> till overtime. I wonder if they had like a contingency plan, like we'll introduce them to start the second if there's no power plays yeah. in the first. Probably what they would have done. Yeah. But regardless, like it just it did give back like twenty eleven vibes and then when we came back and won, it was even better. Oh, what I mean, what a yeah, just it just felt like it felt sort of I mean, watching the highlights back because I, I I missed like most of like sitting down for like the whole game and stuff. But watching the highlights back, like after the Besser goal, it did feel kind of inevitable. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it's just so nice to have that confidence in the team again. Like we've talked about having confidence in the front office again, which is great where, you know, if they make a move, it's like, OK, we can give them the benefit of the doubt because they've earned it. And it's been so long since I felt that way. But you feel that way about the team now too, right? Like even on this losing streak, it was, I was, you know, you're still watching and you're like, 
they could still come back here. It's the, the way they've played all year. So it's just, it's so nice having confidence in like basically every facet of the team. And I, I just don't want to go back to the last eight years, you know? <laughs> yeah, uh, totally. What, what I really like on that power play that we, um, that we haven't seen in a long time, because it was power play goal in overtime. Mm-hmm. We, we saw JT Miller on that half wall, which we've been missing. Yes. for so long like they put them kind of and Besser uh, net front it was like vintage yeah. canucks good power play yeah and, and specifically it aaron like asked for that on previous episodes he was like put jt miller back on the half wall what are you doing and then yeah and like look go. what happens when you do you score yeah. goals you win games yeah um yeah. so i know j pat asked talkit about it earlier in the week and putting him back on the half wall and i thought that talkit had a good answer i have the article pulled up yeah yeah yeah. a lot of teams play a diamond on the penalty kill if you watch we played against diamonds with millsy there and we've struggled with him on that side when we had a righty in the middle now when we had Suter there as a lefty uh we had a little bit of success so i guess that explains why they moved Suter um in the seattle game where every power play seemed to get a new look um It's hard to have that mentality against a diamond because all you're going to do is go into the diamond, but listen, it's something that we might have to go with. Not an outlandish idea, but to me, I have a really tough time where we can't have a two lefty look and not make plays. So there's, I, I'm glad that there's like some rationale there. He also addressed the lotto line thing, which I, yeah. I tended to agree with as well. Um, just don't get me wrong. The, when the lotto line was, was firing, I was all here for it. But I do think it does make more sense, like logically, to spread your talent out and have a bunch of like really good lines instead of a fantastic line. But he said yeah. those two lines have enough players to make it work. Um, referring to like PD playing with with Lindholm, I think Millsy yeah. in the last three or four games have been playing very well for us. Yes, uh, he's producing, and I think that he's been driving play. I think if you're a really good player, you should be able to play. Should you be able to place players in different roles? I could go back to it, but I don't think that's the answer. We have pretty good centers down the middle. Uh, we should be able to make it work without loading up. Uh, what did you guys think of the lines last night? I was just going to ask you guys. <laughs> uh, I liked it. That Lindholm, Garland's, Baines line, I thought was really good. And I yeah. noticed Baines wasn't really out there for the last five minutes this game when they were trying to tie. So I don't know if Talk had, had some other impressions of it, but I thought it looked dangerous and looked like something that could work. And like specifically that Garland Lindholm uh, duo. It feels like it's just an upgrade on having Teddy Bluger there, right? And Bluger yeah. on the fourth line also seemed to elevate their game above Amon. Um, I thought, yeah, the- having Bluger on the fourth line is like such a luxury, right? And then, like you know, Lindholm and Garland had that two on one, uh, and Lindholm looked like really fast, like creating that two on one. Um, so you've got like Lindholm, fast, smart guy, and then Garland, who's like a hard worker who digs out pucks, and and Baines, who's kind of a similar player to garland i think baines who can like really set up some nice looking plays when you have lindholm as a trigger man that's good at getting open i think makes a lot of sense Uh, i've loved the poise that baines has had like since he's been called up with the canucks as well like tyson i know you wrote an article like assessing every one of his shifts which is way more in depth than any uh you know looks on him that i did so yeah i guess (laughs) what what are your overall impressions of baines um since he's been called Uh, up I mean, so far he's he's actually been pretty good. Like, I think his best game was the first game. Yeah. Um, like he had a lot of a lot of good bright spots, and then um, I didn't analyze too much of his game against Seattle, but I think he's been pretty good. Like he said, like pretty poised, and um, he's really good on the forecheck. Like 
Mm-hmm. I really like that. He throws his body. He's not scared of that. And like, how hard is it to go up against Kale McCarr, Connor McDavid, Connor McDavid <laughs> Nathan <laughs> McKinnon, and yeah. Miko Rantanen on like they were line matching him the whole game, and he didn't look out of place. He wasn't on the ice uh, for a goal against against them, but he yeah. still finished as a minus two. But if you if you actually watch those plays, he wasn't involved in it at all it was a stupid Ilya Mikheyev um, yeah which we can get into that uh, <laughs> stupid play uh stupid pass to not uh clear the zone and then the other one he, he was like right up at the point but other than that like I like all the looks and I like it seems like talk it's really believing in him like trusting yeah. him to put him out there with Miller and Bezer mm-hmm. so obviously talk it's like with like what he's seen so far so uh hopefully he can stay up man like such a good story yeah he does seem like he is kind of a canuck now given his his usage and i mean maybe it's because he is a talk player that's been trying really hard and like getting to the right spots and winning battles that he's in etc um and i mean who knows maybe when Do- josh was back they then he'll be sent back down or out of the lineup but i mean lord knows how long that's going to take as well right um yeah broken hand could be way longer than you're expecting yeah maybe. broken hand yeah. we think because they haven't we said think, anything yeah. but presumably he was on the 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 last road trip but was that for the mentor's dad's thing yeah um I, I i don't think in that picture of like the whole group photo that we saw his hand like bandaged up or anything did we i don't think so so i i yeah it's it's interesting i think you're right about how talk it feels about Baines, which is, which is great. And I think it is also, you can't underestimate like what a great story it is too. Right. That like he grew up as a, as a Canucks fan, right? Like mm-hmm. that's, he's a local boy. That's so huge. And like, also just so many Canucks fans like see themselves in him. Right. Like that's so awesome. So, and you know, his, his dad going on, getting to go on the dad's trip was amazing. And, and I think it's just like, it adds more good vibes to what has been an immaculate vibe season so far. I think it was Grant saying it on a Canucks talk on Friday, but apparently there were a lot of teams that were interested in Baines when he was in his overage year in the WHL yeah. and like leading in points, as you would kind of expect, right? But mm-hmm. the Canucks knew they had the inside track, and he had just told his agent, like, hey, if Vancouver calls, that's the one I want to sign with, make it happen. Hell so yeah. that's that's a good advantage to have as well. I, like. And that's another good advantage of the team being better is <laughs> like yes. years from now, you're going to have players that grew up as Canucks fans instead of, you know, all these kids in Vancouver growing up, just watching McDavid and being Oilers fans inexplicably. Right. Like it's, yeah, it's good well, future remember, investment for the next Bedard or whoever. Yeah. When I was a kid growing up, like, you know, the Canucks were not popular in the late nineties, you know, reason it's completely reasonably. So, uh, and so I had a ton of friends who were like Avs fans or mm-hmm. like Red Wings fans because it's like, why would Weak constitutions, right? yeah. For sure, yeah. I mean, if I was a kid and I, I had known like, oh, you can just be a fan of any team you want when you're a kid. You can just make the decision now. <laughs> like, I don't know that I would have been a Canucks fan, but uh, I'm glad I am now because it's been, it's been a lot of fun. And I mean, you know, we've said it before. If and when they do eventually win, it will be like just that much sweeter because we've suffered through uh we've been edging for uh vaguely gesturing at like everything but yeah it's uh yeah exactly we're edging that's right Aaron. (laughs) (laughs) and i hope we can goon this not december uh this june absolutely and i think the other thing with baines and we've talked about this before but you know with with players like him and pod colson and 
like Ratu has been looking pretty good, I think, down at the, down on the farm. And I think you've got players like that and b- them being able to come in next year and provide like a lot of value for like fairly cheap um, is going to be huge because, you know, it's not going to be the same team next year as much as we would like it to be. Like they're they're going to lose a couple players for sure, a couple valuable players. So um, having young guys who can jump in like that. How, how has Ratu been doing? Because I've just kind of seen clips and stuff of him, but I don't know. Tyson, if you've been following along, I haven't been following too too much, but uh, I mean, I feel like it's okay. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't anything like nothing stands out, but you know, yeah. I don't think he's doing bad. He, yeah, I just pulled it up. He's like 0.69 points per game, which is like okay. fine for a player of his age in the AHL. Not yeah. like breaking the doors down or anything, but yeah, like pretty. I know, good. like my understanding with him is that his skating is kind of what's holding him back, but he's a really smart player. So people see him as like a, a you know, defensive minded, like third line center or something, which is like, that's nice to have. He's know? been yeah. playing a lot of left wing from what I've seen of oh, lineup okay. notes posted. Yeah. Like their third line left wing is pretty common for him. Yeah. Um, I know in some recent interview, uh, unprompted Alvin brought up Max Hassan, who, uh, 0.71. Oh, yeah. Points they per signed game. him. He was a he college. Was, he was a college free right? agent. Um, year, yeah. but he didn't come up to Vancouver. He did it down in Abbotsford, and I guess that's their right. strategy for signing NCAA free agents this year because they're not going to be able to do the Cole McWard, Akita Hirose, sure. Hey, come and get some games in. How right. nice is that to say now? Like I we know, don't, like yeah. college people don't have to come and just insert themselves right in the lineup. Like yeah. we're actually gonna. Go to the playoffs. There's no room for you, bud. Yeah, yeah. we actually have depth. That is that is really nice because it's been yeah. like that for the past decade. It's like, oh yeah, we can sign like three college guys and take them straight to the NHL because this season is a total write-off at this exactly. point. Exactly. That's what we would be excited for in April. But now we got potentially playoff hockey. Much oh, more exciting. Yeah, that's um, very nice. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, he, I know he name-dropped Sasson. I believe he name-dropped Pod Colson at the same time. And then maybe Ratu, yeah. maybe Carlson. Man, Carlson had a sick shootout goal. Oh, the, oh, yeah. he, he had the between-the-legs goal, too. Like, yeah, and he had that between-the-legs well. goal. It's it's wild seeing his, like, Abbotsford highlights and then comparing it when he's been in the <laughs> NHL. And it just kind of seemed like, oh, yeah, he's a body. He's fine. He's a guy. But yeah. then you see him, like, make this highlight real shit down in the AHL. Um, yeah. It's like, uh, do that up here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> come on, dog. I, I'm looking at the, the AHL, like, stats roster right now. Couple like things jumped out to me negatively. Um, remember how people were thinking Philip Johansson was going to be like third pair right hand D? When yeah, he was, yeah, he's he's got eleven points in thirty three games. Yeah, although AHL. he was never really going to be like a big scorer, I think. True, um, but yeah, he was an interesting. I mean, I haven't watched enough highlights to know how he's playing like defensively, but he was always going to be a bit of a lottery ticket because. Minnesota picked him in the first round, I think, right? And then just didn't sign him. And they got a second round pick for him. Yes. Um, yeah. Which is that, I feel like that's never a good sign for a player when you're just taking the The, the second round pick, yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, Aiden McDonough yeah. as well as nine points in 36 games. Because I knew yeah. McDonough was hurt, and I guess he was for a bit. But 36 is still quite a few games played. And then yeah. Klimovich, same thing. Like, I knew he was hurt too, but he has uh, four points in 22 games. Yeah, Logan Stankoven made his bit. NHL de- debut yesterday. By the How way, how did he do yesterday? I didn't. I didn't see any highlights. I um, heard he looked small, but I. Didn't, I don't think he did yeah. anything crazy because it didn't like okay. come yeah. up anywhere at yeah. all. I guess it's I also could against look. the Canes, like they're pretty good defensively. 
Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah, that... That was the thing about the Boston game last night. Uh, they look so good defensively. Yes. Like, how they were able to keep the net in front of um, Swayman, like, open. So he had, like, clear views of all those shots. So Swayman was making these saves and, like, really holding his glove out. And uh, yeah. I don't know if you'd call that showboating, but, like... He was... That one glove save he had was, like, really insane. Yeah, no, yeah. there's some good saves in there. But he also yeah. got a lot of, like, really good looks. And that yeah. was... I felt the kind of last night deserved way better, right? Like they had two yeah. kind of against the grain goals go against them. Um, that first one with Hronik getting kind of lost in no man's land off the face off and then like being out of position coming back. That was rough. And then yeah. there was the bounce into goalie weirdness of the, uh, the second Boston goal. And yeah. like, I felt there was more consternation on Twitter and in discord about how the team was playing just because they were on this bad losing streak. Yeah. But like I, I thought that they deserved more all games. So I was really happy that they were able to come back and at least get a point out of it and then obviously win in the end. Yeah. Uh Stankoven had three shots on net, fifteen and a half minutes, plus one last good. night. The the thing, um, and I don't know if uh people online talked about this as much, but on the too many men penalty in overtime, like that seemed like a really smart play by Petey to just like throw it up there. Like, I think he saw that uh, Marchand was like going off kind of slow and just like got it up there immediately. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if that was actually on purpose, but like from the one kind of wide shot replay of it, it looked like he spotted Marchand and just like threw it up immediately to sort of get the penalty drawn. Um, mm -hmm. And I wouldn't put it past him to do that because he's so smart. Um, but yeah, it was, I'm just the penalty being like on Marchand going to the bench really slowly was, was in, really in my head canon. That's what Pedersen was doing for sure. Yeah. Let's just call it. That's what he was doing. Yeah. 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 That <laughs> yeah, is what he was doing. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then how poetic to see like it's on Marchand. Right. And then that's how we win. Oh, and he was, was getting, I got to tell you, he was getting booed every single time. Oh yeah. Fun. You could hear it on the broadcast I too. I was just going to ask. <laughs> it was, I, Hey, I joined in. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. You're not impressed, Ro. You can do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we should ask you about how is it being. So, everyone doesn't know, Tyson was, uh, do you say Juan selected? Selected. I selected think. That's a good one. as a yeah. Botchford Project recipient, which yeah. is really like a, a rite Very of cool. passage for any budding Canucks journalist. Stefan and yeah, I skipped I the queue by uh, just posting on Twitter for 10 years. Anyways, <laughs> continue. Sorry. Hey, that works too. Um, I, I honestly didn't know like how like drastic everything would change for me just by getting the Botchford project. Like I didn't yeah. know how big it actually was going to be. Um, like I thought I was, I applied for it. Um, and I thought I was dead out of the water. Like I, I was like, there's no way like the game's in a week. And then literally an hour later I got the email saying I got it. Wow. And that day was like the best day of my life. Like, yeah. I got to, um, I went watch morning skate. I got to interview Clint Hughes because I did a, a piece on the evolution of a shot that was published on Canucks.com. How cool Ooh. is that? <laughs> and then uh, sat up in the press box with like every single person I've ever looked up to, you know, like in the sport, like Canucks media. Yeah. And like just tried to pick their brain and, and all that, like absorb as much as I could just because, you know, I wanted to kind of eventually make it up there as a full-time gig right mm -hmm. so um and then yeah i 
I, I don't know. I, I'm speechless. Like, yeah, it, it was so cool. What, what's the application process like? Do you have to give like a sample of your writing? And I got a funny story. Okay, let's hear it. <laughs> so, um, so at first it asked like, oh, tell me, like, tell us about you, and then like, link some um, Canucks content or whatever, like articles and stuff, and then like, tell us what you would pitch. And I was like, okay, sounds good. Fill all that out. And then when it, I was like, what story would I pitch? Like, what does that even mean? Because I didn't even know that it was to be published on Canucks.com. Yeah. Found that out. And then it said uh, zero out of 1,500 words. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, I'll get to writing. So I started um, started writing, literally wrote my whole article. <laughs> and it was it was 1,500 characters, not oh. words. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so which actually turned out to be like 200-ish words. And I'm yeah. like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> I just wasted so much time. Oh. Like, <laughs> um, but it, it beat, like, it was good because when it actually came to, you know, filing that in, I already had it done. So yeah. <laughs> um, get yours out first. It, Seem punctual. Yeah. Um, what's kind of cool that not a lot of people, I guess, would know, but like through the selection process, it was my understanding since uh, Thomas Drance, Chip Patterson, and Chris Faber were going to help. Mm -hmm. I thought that they would pick who like was selected. And there was mm -hmm. only three people of like all of BC that were selected. And I was wow. like, okay, well, they're probably the ones picking. But it's actually Kat Botchford, the wife. Oh, okay. Uh, Jason Botchford. And she picks people based on like who you are. And Interesting. so like knowing that and like knowing I was like selected for like, who I am as a person and then also, you know, like the experience I do have as a writer as well. Yeah. Like that just means so much more. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. Aww. That's that's awesome. That's yeah. <laughs> no, no, this is very sweet. Um yeah. 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 I don't know if I have any more like <laughs> Well, I just I mean, just I remember like reading tons of Botchford uh, you know, back in the day and just like feeling like this is the only guy who like gets it, you know? Um, and I really do think that was the case. And I, I do think, you know, if you went back to that time, there were a lot of Canucks fans who were like, we don't want to hear this, you know, we want all positive stuff. And, you know, we've, we've seen that a lot online and everything. And there were people who were, you know, they didn't want to hear kind of, he was telling the truth, you know, he was writing mm -hmm. the truth and it was so nice to see. And, um, you know, I, one thing I'll always remember, we had him on my old podcast, real good show in person, super nice guy, super funny guy. Great to have him on. Uh, and I, the one thing I'm always like most proud of in terms of like calling my shot as a Canucks fan was the year of the Pedersen draft, uh, in like February of that year, I'm like the Canucks hundred percent have to draft Elias Pedersen. And I like called it and I was so excited <laughs> when they drafted him and then like two years later botchford quote tweeted that old post and was like this guy knew this guy was right and it's like that's like my badge of honor as a canucks fan well, that's awesome my botchford story is there was it was probably summer of 2012 or so and yeah. i guess the canucks there was a rumor going around and i think it was a un like it was a rumor that wasn't really based in anything it was like maybe like a yeah. fourth period report or something and it said that the Canucks were interested in Zach Parise. Okay. And I tweeted that if the Canucks uh, signed Zach Parise, 
I'm going to jack off until nothing but dust and a ghost comes out. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And then, like, 20 minutes later, Botchford followed me. I guess he was, like, also searching the, uh, like, Parise on... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> on twitter it's like oh yeah that's funny i'll follow i don't think we ever even like properly interacted with each other maybe like a fave here and there during canucks games yeah. but uh i just love that that's like how he's like it's oh yeah very this is a different guy. story <laughs> yeah <laughs> completely different story um, uh, oh. uh, speaking of media figures this is something i was wondering last night when it came to Baines, but then I started thinking more about like a connor bedard because bedard was like a huge canucks fan obviously and um I think I like I heard a bit of audio where he said he was like a huge Canucks fan, which mm-hmm. to me means that he would probably like consume Canucks media, right? As a teenager. Yeah. I was wondering if players like that ever have parasocial relationships with the reporters that are interviewing them. I'm sure like once you're on a team, you get to know like all the beat reporters and they're just like a guy you see in your everyday life. But I'd also yeah. imagine like if you're the first, if you listen to like 1040 all the time, right? And then you uh, get invited onto Donnie and Dolly. You'd be like kind of starstruck. Well, not starstruck because like you're a professional hockey player and you've played against Sidney Crosby or whatever. But maybe I answered my own question there. Like you just don't give a shit because you've seen way more people that you look up to way more. But yeah, that's well, interesting. I feel like oh, go ahead, Tyson. Yeah, I think it would definitely like be what you just said. Like more, they would be more excited to talk to the players. Not necessarily media members but like yeah. it is true like players do obviously know all the media members like remember when jt miller uh chirped drancer yeah like, yeah he's <laughs> like so they obviously know each other and and all that man jt miller i'm so excited to get his jersey once the canucks make the playoffs he's been I, I'm excited for monster Peronic as well. I was thinking about it during the game yesterday. I'm like, ah, oh, man, like I, I'm because, uh, you know, we we've made the promise at the start of the year. If they made the playoffs, you'd get a Miller jersey. I'm getting a Heronic jersey. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, he's kind of slowed down recently. And then he scored the goal yesterday. I'm like, OK, that's this is fine. Even like just for this goal alone, it's worth getting his jersey, you know, so. Uh, yeah, I'll and also on you guys. I'll get a Hughes jersey. There you go. <laughs> and also, it's like you got to get the jerseys now before the Fanatic stuff kicks in next year, because oh, like, God, yeah. I I cannot believe I do wonder if like the stuff with Major League Baseball is going to maybe change things. I mean, uh, who knows, right? But like, God, it's just like such a shit show. I can't believe uh, how how bad it looks there. And I'm just like, I'm genuinely worried because Major League Baseball is like bigger Mm -hmm. than the NHL. So like, how much worse is it going to get for the NHL? Like, are they going to do the fucking heat pressed numbers on the actual nhl jerseys like there's no way they could like the practice jerseys you used to get at zellers back in the day yeah oh god yeah i'm not i'm not looking forward to that at all so yeah i mean mean, getting the jersey now makes makes a lot of sense the one we've been aaron and i've both been looking for and i don't know if you've still been checking ebay for this aaron but not uh, recently okay yeah the uh the salmon uh skate jersey with like the red gradient um It's like so hard to find and all the ones that are available online are like on eBay for like four hundred dollars because they're it's like the old like CCM vintage version. Um, So, yeah, I mean, hopefully uh, we'll we'll be able to find uh, a jersey of our choice. But I mean, you have quite a jersey collection behind you there. actually. (laughs) Yeah, you see my closet, too. Oh, Oh, there's more. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, I got like maybe 40. Oh, boy. Yeah. 
They're, hey, I I will say they're not all real. Don't worry. Okay. Are um, are those like the 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 best ones in your collection behind you, or are there like all, more well, cherished ones that? This is this is the Chena, but it's Biz, mm-hmm. and he signed it. So oh, that yeah. one's one of my favorites. Uh, and then I won't bore everybody, but <laughs> Canucks up there, and then that's an Ottawa '67 Sean Monahan. Oh, that's cool. He was wow. one of my favorite players, but I can't rep uh, can't rep the Flames. No, no, of course not. Well, yeah, I, oh, I have a Flames awesome. Bertuzzi jersey that's signed, which is probably like the coolest <laughs> jersey that I have in terms of like yeah. being rare and and out there. I was I was yeah. when I went to it was a Calgary Wranglers game, and I went with with John Cullen when they were playing Abbotsford, and I yeah. wore my navy to burgundy gradient linden jersey. And oh, I had I two people come up to me, both Flames fans, like in Flames jerseys, say, that's a sick jersey, man. That's dope. And then yeah. it was like, go on with their business. So like, It's funny because that jersey is like hated back in the day. I know. I feel like every time they wore it, they either lost or it was for a, pay- a pay-per-view game. So like I would, I, you know, I would miss it half the time as well. And like, but now it, I guess it's been long enough, right? That, that people enjoy it. I had a Cluche one like that. Uh, I got to try and find it again. But you had the Linden one. I have the Linden one, fans yeah. fans liked it, yeah. Oh, that uh, back to the uniform thing, Felix Biederman had a tweet earlier this week that I really resonated with me that I wanted to highlight on, on yeah. this subject that said, the MLB uniform thing makes me think America is comprehensively done. There's a billion more materially consequential indicators of decline, but this one just shows that we cannot do the smallest thing right. It's easy to do uniforms without printing errors or cock windows, and yet... <laughs> It is. I mean, it's it's like, yeah, I, I thought it was bad enough when you see the jerseys like side by side and it's clear. It's like the, the heat press names and, and it's like smaller fonts, and smaller numbers, and it just looks cheap. And then for the pants to be completely see through and there's the picture oh. of the one player bending over and you can like see his balls. And it's just like, <laughs> what, what are we doing here? It's 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 just insane. Yeah. So, I, I mean, fanatics like I, the funniest thing I saw was um there was someone posting a picture of like one of the official major league baseball uniforms, like on an actual player. And everyone was like, this is such dog shit. And then the official fanatics account, like auto replied to it and was like, Oh no, this doesn't look uh, very good. Uh, please DM us and we'll see if we can fix it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was like the actual player on the field. Yeah. Um, Wasn't there a whole thing with uh, Quinn, that Quinn Hughes Jersey in Detroit? Oh yeah. Right? Yeah. They sent. Was, uh, it was a number thirty-four, I think, instead yeah. of forty-three. Yeah, yeah. like oh. that's ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> and that's like their whole that? bit. Like that's been going on. Like I know, like uh, Wyatt has uh, been highlighting these for years on Twitter of Fanatic yeah. sending out like improperly numbered jerseys and stuff. So I can't wait for that to be the the only option. Yeah. God. Oh, God. <laughs> I, yeah. Like the the one small like you know glimmer of hope that we might have is that the mlb fucks it up so majorly that uh the nhl gets better standards i I remember reading that they're using like the same um faculties that adidas used so the actual quality should hopefully be the same but yeah because i mean part of the problem with fanatics is that it's like nike has fucked up as well i think so yeah combination of both so hopefully like there's no world in which they can go to the heat transferred numbers, right? Like I, it just they no. They have to that. be stitched. They I, have to be I, right. I, I I really hope so. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, it, at least for the player uniforms, right? 
I really, I mean, I really, really hope so. But you just, I just, you never they, know. I, I thought guys, teams right? had had guys in house that like do that for them, right? It's not like they're ordering Banes from Fanatics and sending it to to Colorado, right? That's like a traveling. Yeah, but I would have thought that for Major League Baseball too, but apparently it's not the case. Yeah. so I, I don't know. Well, here's yes. what we got to do, Steph. We got to get you to apply for the Botchford Project. Yes. And then your pitch yeah. could be talking to the guy that does the uniforms. And then you just, we, we have yeah. to change the name of our podcast when yeah. we're, when we're, when, when we're applying, yeah, yeah. when we're applying. But I think we do love this team now. Yeah. So either um, we change it to, I, say, I, like, do you guys have to rebrand or? We've just, discussed uh, it. We've discussed either I love this team or just I hated this team past tense. Yeah. Um, That's the yeah. one I like the most because it's like, like social media it would be pretty easy to recognize still. I, yeah. This is kind of funny. At first, I was like, oh, we get to call ourselves like Canucks After Dark. And then I was looking on Spotify, and that's a podcast that already exists. Yes. Um, yeah. Which is maybe why it like popped into my head. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I hated it. You know, it's good because yeah. like, you don't have to change much at all, mm-hmm. just one letter. And like to the eye, it'll look exactly the same. Yeah. yeah. And you just have to say, like, don't look at our podcast art. It's, it's ironic. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Because, like, we were supposed to go to um, Penticton this year, and yeah. then at a little emergency at home, couldn't go. But I, I was like, oh, this could be good at, like, you know, networking, and yeah. you can be, like, real real media members. And I'm like, oh, wait, our, hmm, yeah, our show's called I Hate This Team. I can't really go and talk to, like, Tristan Nielsen and get a good quote, <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> Who, yeah. Another player I would like to see maybe get a shot one day. He's been performing yeah. in the AHL. I keep, I keep seeing like pops the Burroughs when I watch comparison, them. the Burroughs comparison to him, where it's like he signed like an AHL deal and like is he on an NHL deal? Yes, now? they signed him to he an is. NHL okay. contract. Yeah. Um, yeah. I believe last off season. Yeah, I think that's right. I'm just gonna confirm this on Cap Friendly. Yeah, he's got uh, another year at eight hundred and seventy thousand. There you go. Yeah, I think he signed a two-year ELC. Yeah. Boom. Um, so I wanted to ask uh, Tyson about this as well. We talked about this on our, our Patreon episode, uh, where it's a little bit more relevant. But earlier in the week when Boston uh, was playing Edmonton, beat him. Thank you, Boston. Yeah. I uh, In overtime, unfortunately. Yeah, did blow a 4-1 lead. Um, Boston hasn't had a regulation win in like 13 games. I know. But uh, I love it. <laughs> I ran a Twitter poll. Asking who would you rather win in a cup final? Like if if the Oilers and Bruins were to meet in the cup finals, who would you want to win? And yeah. Stefan and I were like a hundred percent on board that we'd want Boston to win that final, but got some pushback. The poll actually ended fifty point nine percent in favor of Edmonton winning. Um, mm. Where do you stand totally, on I'm this on matter? That. I'm on that side. Are you? Yeah. Okay. So explain what's, your what's case. The, what's the, what's the reasoning? There is, I was at the 2011 Game 7 okay. Stanley Cup Final. I have burned into my brain that I, there's nothing I hate more than the Boston Bruins. So that it's just easy for me. I don't yeah. care. It, even, even our biggest rival doesn't matter. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, can, I, I definitely can see the argument for, for both sides, for sure. But for me, it's just more that like I feel like we interact with Oilers fans more online. Mm, um, fair. And I just can't imagine how insufferable they would be. Whereas if it's Boston beating Edmonton, 
Boston wouldn't be shit-talking the Canucks as much as they would be shit-talking Edmonton fans. Whereas if Edmonton wins, they're going to be shit-talking Canucks fans. And I, That's I a good just, point. I couldn't stand that. Like, Boston would be focused on themselves and, like, Montreal and Edmonton. And then, maybe, like, they don't really even think about Vancouver because, like, why would they? Mm-hmm. Whereas Edmonton would just, it would, they would be rubbing it in for, you know, if every they're Canadian the ones team. that break the Canadian oh. streak. No. And it, the the whole oh the decade of darkness was all worth it. Do not want to hear that narrative. No. Uh, nope. And then I, yeah. the other thing for me is is they have one more year of Drysaddle and two more years of McDavid. If they were to win the cup, I think that ups the chances of them staying and wanting to win more cups. But if yeah. they they fail horribly, um, I think the chances of them leaving increase. Maybe not. Maybe because like they're high level athletes that they want to you know, prove to themselves that we can do it and uh, we're we're going to pull this blah, 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 blah. Um, but I, I just hope that their hearts get broken. And they like, I think the funniest thing to for me would be Edmonton getting 2011. Oh, my the God. enemy of my enemy <laughs> is my friend. I, I would yeah. love to see that them losing in just the most heartbreaking fashion on home ice. Uh, God, it would just be. Oh, but I mean, be, you're, you're not you're not true. wrong that like seeing Brad Marchand hoist the cup again and not crying. Fucking suck. Not crying yeah, like would, when they I lost the two the cups. I, I wouldn't watch it. Yeah. I, no way. Oh, that's the thing. Like, I, I don't, I wouldn't watch the final at all. Like, I don't, I just don't think I could. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing, and it sucks to say this as a Canucks fan, that would be a great final for like oh, a yeah. fan. Like, it would be really, really good hockey. Well, I, that um, game this week, I watched the whole thing. It was an yeah. awesome hockey game. It was, like, really fun back-and-forth hockey because you have yeah. the Bruins are so good defensively, and obviously there's Edmonton's uh, potent offense. Yeah. Um, Edmonton, the, I was watching the, the Calgary game yesterday, and it was the second game of a back-to-back for them, right? Edmonton yeah. looked so porous defensively. Yeah. It, like... Good. Every time I looked up, there was like two Calgary Flames forwards behind both of their defensemen somehow with a five alarm chance. Um, so that makes me feel kind of better going into the playoffs. Like they do have the the Ekholm Bouchard pairing, which has been good. Like Ekholm's been a, a great find for them, but yeah. it did make them seem more beatable. I just can't have them uh, get like Chris Tanev. You know, that, that oh, would just be such that a disaster. Would crush me. And this nightmare <laughs> fuel for sure. I, uh, I th- Oh, go sorry, ahead, Tyson. No, 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 you go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I think like Alvin, I mean, you mentioned this last time, Aaron, but like, it's, it's like, if Edmonton's like putting in a good offer, you have to hope Conroy is going to be like calling up Alvin and being like, all right, well, here's, here's the offer. Can you beat it? And Alvin just like beats it then and there. Right. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Tyson, go ahead. Well, just going to go off what you just said with Tanev and then I'll get to my uh, last point. But like, do you think the Canucks like go after him? I don't think it, there's like any, any chance we get him this year. And I don't, I don't really want him because I feel like it'll be so easy to get him in the off season. Like, I feel like he wants to kind of come back. Yeah. He sees yeah, the success we, and all that. We've talked about that. Like it, it almost seems like a guarantee that he's going to join yeah. the team. Uh, yeah. So, I, I totally, yeah, you don't want to trade a first for him, right? Like, no. Last um, night on uh, the broadcast, they were talking about what Calgary's going to do, Friedman was. And Freeman said something to the effect of, like, Tanev has no intention of re-signing in Calgary, even though they've made yeah. uh, their attempts at that, which yeah. 
I think it's just more signal that he wants to go back to Vancouver. Like he obviously knows how much this team covets him and how much core players on this team like covet his presence. So I, I think just for just for the vibes. It would be great if they acquired him this year, but I, yeah. I agree that acquisition cost um, doesn't make sense if they're if the Flames are like really hard and fast on needing a first round pick back, um, yeah. especially when, like you said, Tyson, like he can be acquired for free effectively the at the in the off season. Uh, I think maybe the if the Canucks were able to talk to his agent ahead of time and see like what re-signing him would look like yeah and say it was like a because i don't even know if you'd have to do a sign and trade but they like trade for him and then he is like uh you know re-signed that later that day or whatever um that would ease the blow and sure there's probably something to be said about like keeping him out of uh, a western conference team but because dallas i guess too is really uh really into him and they also are a team that needs defenders that dallas team as a whole is like really scary looking on paper at the moment (laughs) there's a lot of scary teams in the west like i I feel like you know there's any number of teams i could there's like five teams on paper that you could easily see going to the the final this year and i mean i think that's that's why again the canucks should go for it and i think did friedman mention jake gensel again yeah so that was something else i wanted to talk about they had his they don't call it 32 thoughts anymore because Merrick isn't there. It's the Saturday headlines. Okay. And uh, he said that, you know, Pittsburgh had their press conference this week and it looks like they're going to be sellers and yeah. forefront of that. Jake Gensel, blah, blah, blah. And then he listed off teams interested in Gensel. And it was like Edmonton, Vancouver, Vegas. I think he might've said Dallas as well, but Vancouver is definitely one of the teams that Elliot name dropped, which is interesting because they've already acquired Lindholm. So I don't know like what they would be able to do there. I guess it would involve probably moving Mikheyev and then some retention on, uh, on (laughs) Pittsburgh's behalf or a third party broker. Like you send them through Chicago or something and add in more draft picks. That would be something that takes up a whole lot of draft capital, which I, I don't know. What do you guys think? Is it worth pushing in that much and then maybe being out of a first round pick next year where it's going to make harder to push in next year? You're in like a Tampa situation now. I mean, that just like that's the, the Lindholm trade was, I would say, all in. If they're, if they're trading for Gensel and trading next year's first, like that's really all in, you know? And I mean, you're not re-signing. You, maybe you're re-signing one of those guys, but you're not re-signing both Gensel and Lindholm. Like, it's just not possible, right? So one Do of you want sure to re-sign both? No, that's the other thing too, right? So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. And uh, I, I, if, it, if he does it, it's like, okay, well, this is like, this is it, you know? Like, they kind of have to win now. And it already sort of does feel that way. Um, so, I mean, I would, I'm all for it make more huge moves. Like it's been such a fun year. The deadline is what? Like 10 days away or so. Uh, Um, week from tomorrow. Yeah. So, uh, you know, or is, is it, is it next Thursday? March 8th, March 8th. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I love that idea to be honest, because like, Oh, we, we like, yes, they're, 
like this season's incredible and like mm-hmm. trading this year's first is already an all-in move if you yeah. were like look at us last year though like we were bottom what six bottom five at this point like <laughs> yeah we were terrible i was furious um, they traded that pick for heronic <laughs> i know i remember that i was too <laughs> i was like what are we doing we're finally rebuilding and now we're not but hey happy about it now but like you see how quickly it can turn right yeah and like that was the team that we're used to for so long just because now we're having one really really good season like it could just flip like that next year yeah right mm-hmm. and then like you know with pd looming we really don't know i predict he would resign probably on a shorter deal but he might not you yeah. know and then what's that what's our team look like without pd and now we don't have a first round pick like it could be you're giving away a top 10 pick right there yeah yeah and so i would i would hold off on trading next year's first until like you have some clarity yeah i think that's i think that's reasonable i mean i'm i'm at this point i'm just like just go all in it's a lot of fun like i'm i'm enjoying this you know but yeah. at the same time like i i I get that argument too, because we don't know what the team's going to look like next year for various reasons. And it could be a totally different lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't necessarily want to trade away a pick that could be super valuable. Mm-hmm. Like it, that's why it made way more sense to trade this year's pick. Cause you basically know where it's going to be at this point. Um, totally. For, for yeah, me, I mean, it's like, so you're on a night out, right? And you weren't yeah. planning on going out and you're just going to, you know, hang out for a bit and like go home. But then your friends like peer pressure you. You had a couple more drinks. You're like, you know what? I'm gonna park my car here overnight. Get a taxi home. It's fine. We're gonna have some fun. That's trading this year's first round pick. Yeah. Trading next year's is. Do you want to start doing Jagger bombs and know that you're gonna get like completely fucked up and you're probably <laughs> gonna be getting like a late night poutine and hot dog and you're gonna feel absolutely terrible tomorrow. Like yeah. in the at the time, it could be fun and you could have a legendary night of your life that you're gonna be regaling with your homies until your your pensioners or you could just barf on yourself get kicked out of the club and uh go home and be like brutally hung over the next day and that's what like mortgaging more of the future feels like like yeah the part of me that likes to party is like yeah let's get Gensel too fuck it i'm never gonna die what could go wrong <laughs> but then there's also like the the angel on my shoulder being, well why don't you just be happy with what you got and then maybe we can have some fun next year too because you're not going to feel like shit yeah um yeah that's the way i see it (laughs) i love the i I love the comparison thank you thank you um some some more i think they can add more around the edges though would probably be the most helpful thing at this point and probably the most likely thing to have happen but uh i mean hell if we wake up not wake up but we look at our phones and there's a cancel trade in the afternoon one day I'm going to be I'm pretty excited. I'm going to be yeah. really looking forward to him getting in the lineup and seeing where he slots in. So I do wonder if his value is down a little bit too, because he's hurt and he's not going to be back immediately. Right. So maybe that helps a little bit, but yeah, I also that feel like it too. he's, he's going to get like so many bidders. Right. And like, there's, he's going to go for a, a first and a really good prospect probably, or I think he's going like, to Vegas. Yeah. Like, oh, that makes the most sense. Yeah. Yeah. I hate that. I hate that so much, but I think yeah. you're probably right. Unfortunately. And they've already did they already did the Riley Smith deal, which that could also be a play. They could just trade back for Riley Smith. Yeah. yeah that true. one makes a lot of yeah. sense, I think. Yeah. They're Tanov. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah. the thing with this is it's not like Mark Stone's faking having his spleen ruptured. 
I'm no. sure there's protections in place where they're like, okay, like send over the medical documents or whatever. It's not like he's getting an elective surgery that'll magically have him healthy within like game one of the playoffs. Like I'm sure he'd yeah. rather not have his spleen ruptured. So I wasn't here for the uh, the hand wringing. Like, oh, here we go again. But like here we go again i guess that's what ltir is there for is to like replace players so if you lose a player that makes eight million or whatever stone makes um nine and a half nine and a, god damn yeah. Yeah. uh and no state tax damn yeah no wonder people oh. like going to vegas um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like vegas hasn't been that hot either i found it really interesting um I think it was JPAT posted. I saw it on Twitter earlier. Oh, the comparison of all the records. Yeah, the like, last ten games for Vancouver. It's the same, Edmonton, isn't it? It's and, yeah, four, four five, and five one. and two or something, or four, five, and one. The last nine games, yeah, yeah, uh, or last ten games, yeah. So it, they didn't really like. It's so it does not. Nothing feels better. I mean, beating Boston is great, but beating Boston on a night where Edmonton also lost is so so good. And it's just like a couple more nights like that where. Edmonton loses in regulation and Vancouver wins, like it's going to be insurmountable, right? So we just need a, a few more because they still have what four games in hand, probably. Uh, five, um, I believe. Still five. It, Jesus Christ. Yes, yeah, so this is how many points up are we? Uh, it, Canucks have 82 points with 60 games played, and yeah. Edmonton has 68 points with 55 games played. Okay, so, so 14 points up. Yeah. Yeah, 12 we just points need up. a, you know, we need a couple more Oilers losses in regulation, a couple more Canucks wins, and. Put him in the rearview mirror, you know. Don't look now. Knock on wood. Knock on um, wood. L.A. is uh, tied in points with uh, Edmonton. Edmonton only has one game in hand. L.A. is also seven two and one in their last ten. Yeah, they've looked really good. I um, said this um, coming out of the All Star break. They, if you look at Tankathon and look at their um, strength of schedule, they have the easiest schedule remaining in the whole league. Ooh. So, <laughs> yeah. So I was, I was like, yeah, for, like they're gonna make a run. They're gonna push Edmonton or Vegas for you know two or three in Pacific. Um, oh and like, wouldn't that be something if if it's actually at L.A. Edmonton two three again? <laughs> I'd, lo- I'd I'd love it. I mean, I just want Edmonton to play a team that's gonna just beat the shit out of them, no matter what happens, right? So um, yeah. The other thing is like in terms of like the you know the President's Trophy, the Rangers are like. 10 0 and 0 in their last 10. They've won 10 in a row. I yeah, think. they won 10 straight. That's wild. Um, so they look good. Huh. It's it's no it's shit. a weird year. Like a lot of there's a lot of really good teams this year. Uh yeah. well, and it, I don't really remember the last time it was this wide open. And that's why I'm not here for the whole Pedersen doesn't perform against the best teams in the league. Because he performed when they played against the Rangers. It's, it's yeah. cherry picking good teams that the Canucks have played against that yeah. Pedersen hasn't scored it. It's it's stupid. Um, yeah, what was it? It was like, oh, he didn't get a point against Boston, Vegas, and Colorado or whatever. But then if you look at the league standings, he got points against uh, Florida, the Rangers, like Edmonton. Yeah. What? Yeah. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's just people emotionally hedging because they're afraid that he's going to leave. Like, I think that's the only logical sure. explanation behind the conversation around Pedersen. I, yeah. I believe it was since the All-Star break. Yeah, since the All-Star break before last night's game, five on five points, he was tied with JT Miller for leading the team. Like I mean, just, everyone's just, praising JT. Yeah. Right now. What, like, what more can you ask for? JT yeah, scored more goals. Um mm-hmm. JT's been hitting everything that moves. Oh my god. Yeah, You're in a banger stat. 
like fantasy league, you were yeah. you were really happy. And with how JT good Miller. was how good was uh, Zadorov? <laughs> Zadorov last night was amazing. That was like his best game as a Canuck. I think he he was great. Yeah, he played really well. Like uh, I would love to see that Zadorov in the playoffs. Just like like the hit he had on uh, Pasternak, like where he oh, that, had him at the blue line right in front of me. That yeah, was, oh, man. and he just like yeah. stopped him in his tracks, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I love he was it. Like, not happy about it either. Like no. he got up, stared at the ref as he skated off. Oh, I love it. Overall, love Vancouver's it. physical game last night, I felt was very good. For they sure. uh, they didn't like overreach themselves like they might have done against Winnipeg. Um, yeah, and it didn't look like they were getting baited into anything yeah. after you know throwing big hits. I yeah, I just really really enjoyed how physical they were it's nice Juleson, cheering Juleson for a had that, team that doesn't get yeah. pushed around you know yeah Juleson had a couple big hits again too he had the again on on Pasternak in the corner Ooh. there and he oh, and Pasternak was Pasternak was so mad about it because he and maybe it was interference because he was like reaching for the puck but I don't care it was great to see <laughs> yeah I think they both creamed Pasternak <laughs> at one point if my yeah my memory serves me correctly yeah. man I'm looking at these these league standings right now and if LA wins their two games in hand, they push Vegas to uh, the first wild card spot. That's crazy. And That's really crazy. Another thing I saw online um, this weekend was since January first, mm-hmm. the Golden Knights have the twenty third best re- uh, record in the NHL. Like they've been slipping big time. Um, and I mean, you lose your top center, and you lose. Well, I guess probably their top defender with Shea Theodore for a while, but now he's back and Mark Stone's gone. Like those are big pieces to miss. So I don't blame them for this happening. Uh, but uh, that would be fucking a nightmare scenario as if the Canucks win the division and their prize is playing Vegas. Oh, I mean, I guess you could say man. the same thing about LA, but just in the past couple of years, Vancouver seems to play well against LA. Yeah. Um, it seems more winnable to me. Yeah, isn't getting, it, it's, it's weird we haven't played them at all yet. Right? That's coming so up weird. this week, though, isn't it? It's coming up yeah, this week. I think Thursday. Their schedule, like, I don't, it doesn't get easier necessarily in terms of matchups, but in terms of travel, I think the only other game in which they go out of the Pacific time zone is Winnipeg. Um, and the rest of the year, they're basic. I mean, I guess maybe they go to Alberta at one point. I could be wrong, but... Like they're essentially in the Pacific time zone for the rest of the year or like close to it. And they have a lot of like breaks in between games too. Um, So I think Taj said, or it might've been Taj, I don't know, but we only have like one back to back the rest of the year. Yeah. And we're finally through with all of the, uh, (laughs) the 10 a.m. games on the Uh, weekend. uh, 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 uh. There is another afternoon game against the Anaheim Ducks on March 31st. But, but it's going to be afternoon our... for them as well, so... Yeah, that's our time zone. That's And also, uh, Anaheim fucking sucks, so... <laughs> yeah. I, I can deal with that, yeah. <laughs> it's not another that's Minnesota game. trade deadline, too. They'll probably trade a couple pieces. Oh, yeah. Even yeah, easier. It'll be even worse, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So who would you like uh, the Canucks to acquire at the deadline, then? Are there any, like, players you have in mind if it's not a, a big swing? Uh, I... I wrote a piece and kind of, okay. I I just want to promote say, it. This is funny, just to chirp myself. <laughs> you, I uh, I did a whole long article on why the Canucks should not trade for Elias Lindholm. <laughs> it, it was published on a Wednesday at seven a.m. 
and by 5 p.m. we had traded for him. On oh that my same god! Day. And I was like, <laughs> there was 4,000 views on on the um, Twitter piece, and then after an hour, so six o'clock, there's 24,000. Oh and my I was god! Just getting ripped. I'm like, <laughs> so that was that's probably the funniest moment of my career. But yeah. I did I did this piece, um, and it made more sense at the time. But it was like five value ads that the yeah. Canucks could make. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like all surrounded by younger talent, I guess. And I, I'd i re- really love Tolvin in. I don't know if he would be tradable, but he's yeah. due this year. And um, um, I, I don't see Seattle making the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, and then I fell in love, absolutely in love with Jack Drury from the from the Hurricanes. And it made more sense when we had Kuzmenko yeah. because mm-hmm. he was getting like fourth, Jack Drew was getting like fourth line minutes, like not really playing. Yes, he's young, but there was really no room center wise to move him up. Since then, he's been playing more centers, uh, sorry, higher up in the lineup, like yeah. playing with Natchez on the second line and stuff. So that that's not going to work. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so I don't, I don't, I guess that's a long winded answer to say I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm so looking at it's, 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 army now. it's fine to not know yeah you, you really pulled it together after that uh why they shouldn't trade for him by saying why he's an excellent fit for the canucks and for elias Pettersson. so you, hey, you got your redemption got there on that too. okay but if you actually <laughs> read the article i said i don't want to trade for him if it's going to be the same package as bo horvat because that's what it was rumored to be and they really wanted niels hoaglander so i thought it was going to be like hoaglander a first Blech. and and then like an Aturatu type prospect. Right? Yeah. And I was like, well, I don't want to do that at all. And then I compared their numbers. I'm like, but Horvat's crushing what Elias Lindholm's doing. So like, I like if you actually read the piece, then <laughs> it makes sense. But yeah. it's a little bit of clickbait, let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then in the next piece, like he's actually a really good fit for the way Pedersen was playing. At least I thought. I don't know if we're really, really yeah, seeing that 2020 and all that. Yeah, um, but yeah, and and trust me, I got I got roasted for that too. It's like, oh wow, Canucks Army Tyson Cole says we shouldn't trade for him. Tyson Cole, why is he perfect for the Canucks? Oh <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, you're just getting you're getting headlined.ed um, On a tankathon right now, Canucks have the 13th hardest strength of schedule, which yeah. is in the West the second hardest, next to Winnipeg. That okay. was. Um, that's improvement because it was it was third when I checked after the All Star break. So oh I yeah, so I guess they played a bunch of good of teams, way. right? So yeah. that that, that tracks. Yeah. Uh, where's Edmonton at? Okay, it's Edmonton's nineteen, Vegas is fifteen, Vancouver's thirteen, and uh, yeah, LA is twenty seventh. And you know that their wow. hard games four of them are the Canucks, but they've I got saw that. they've got three Blackhawks. <laughs> One San Jose, two uh, Anaheim, three yeah. Calgary. Calgary could do us some more big favors. I I think Hopefully. the funniest I mean, that, that was possible huge outcome last night. It was so nice last night to see that. Is Calgary goes on like a win streak and makes it harder for them to want to sell at the deadline. I, I think they still will move Tanev and and probably Hannafin. Um, Hannafin looked really good you last night, to. but you have yeah. to. like you know Tanev's not coming back and like okay, Craig. If you're not gonna get a first, you're gonna take a second. Like, yeah, I think yeah. he's just 
out waiting it, I guess. And then Hannafin, it's like he's not coming back. He's already said that. Mm-hmm. So like, trade. Like you have to. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Don't pull yeah. a Jim Benning in 2019. Yeah. Let Tyler to fully ran out of He sounds a lot like Jim Benning, though. If you listen to his interviews, it's, it reminds me so much of the Benning era Canucks where he's like, he, he the way he refers to his young players, like how Benning would say, like the Ulevies, the Gaudettes, you know, the Vertanens. Like he'll talk about his guys that way, and it's and it's just like, oh my god, I'm getting deja vu here. Like with the with just the nailed some all stars right there. Yeah, <laughs> with the Kuzmenko trade, like he's talking about, like yeah, we want guys who are you know a bit older and like can still contribute right now and are good right now, and it's like, oh, what's his line? Okay. Is like you don't go out and acquire Andre Kuzmenko if you're rebuilding. Yes, I think it was pretty much almost exactly that word for word. And it just my heart sunk for Flames fans. Yeah. Yeah. They don't they they got some bad times coming, I think, unless they do properly sell at the deadline. But I don't think they will. I I I really don't think they will. I think they're I think they're gonna fuck this up. And I mean I hope they do. So (laughs) Yeah, like I think like they're gonna hold on to Hannafin thinking that maybe he'll wanna resign there, even though because he's entertained offers from them in the past, which mm-hmm. is like obviously worse for them from like an asset management, like not getting younger pieces back with where they are. But like to keep Hannafin, you're going to have to massively overpay him, which is going to be another huge blow to them as well. So, yeah. Well, it's been rumored that he wants to play in the States. Yeah. So, okay. Like, I don't know. And, and specifically I know Tampa, you... I think's come up yeah. lately. Tampa. Which, but yeah, I, don't, I can see I don't that. See that working out. Like I, I don't think Tampa has the assets to. to no, make they that happen, they but. don't. They have like no picks. Mm-hmm. Their best prospect is like Isaac Howard, maybe. Um, yeah, the most stylish kid in the league. Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> not, not enough. I don't think for that trade. So we'll yeah. see. It's gonna be. I think it'll be. I mean, I say this now. I think it'll be a pretty fun deadline. But obviously, you know, we have uh, just over a week until the deadline and things can things can change as we know um but i i think it'll be a decent deadline this year assuming like gensel doesn't get traded like tomorrow um but yeah, yeah. i feel bad I'm, for I'm all my homies at tsn sitting around with their monkey and spin wheel <laughs> if like all the big names are <laughs> off the board in the next week yeah. uh it, well, like nashville's another really interesting seller as well and like right now they're holding down the last wild card spot I mean, same deal like st louis there's the talk around Puchnevich where they rumored to be asking for two first round picks. Which, I mean, yeah, that's a lot. It's definitely yeah. a seller's market right now because there are so many teams that can compete. But I'm surprised at how close this uh, race for the last playoff spot is right now. Yeah, because Minnesota's like, getting there too, I think. Yeah, yeah, Minnesota. So Nashville, St. Louis, Minnesota, and Calgary are between 64 and 61 points, and they all have 58 games played except for St. Louis, so it's 57. So it could really conceivably be any of those teams. Like yeah, both uh like Calgary seven and three in their last ten and Minnesota seven two and one, so man, I'd, I'd love it if the Flames were playing the Canucks in the first round. I got to go to a playoff game oh, here. That'd be incredible. That'd be yeah. ideal. Yeah, um, get food out of the building. Yeah, love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, cool, well, Tyson. Let's uh let's plug some more of your your crud. So find you at Canucks Army. You're also yep. podcasting. Let the people know. Yeah, I uh, not so much on the podcast. I just do a couple just betting shows. That's kind of what my page is, was built on. Um, that's just Tuesday, Thursday. 
I do Canucks Army. It's like more players, player analysis and analytics and all that stuff. And then I actually do uh, the Betway articles on Flames Nation. So a little bit of a traitor. Mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then uh, I do uh, I do some work with Daily Faceoff and Bet365. I just do uh, a weekly article where I just highlight their uh, risers and fallers and kind of Man, a look we ahead. We should have talked a- about gambling. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know shit about fucking gambling. <laughs> Hey, I'll um, come back up and then we can talk. Yeah, all about you got to explain yeah. the difference between plus three twenty five and then when they do like, um, the other way. You got to explain all the terms to me. Minus. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> plus yeah. and minus. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I I tried gambling on a game thinking that it was like for the it was when like the Canucks were losing to the Sharks and I wanted to yeah. bet on the Sharks losing at any time and or winning at any time. And I thought that was what the bet that I made was, and I was all excited to get paid the next day because my Canucks lost, and I was able to emotionally hedge. But it was like a different type of line. I think it was like goal scored as well. Anyways. Did you go like minus one and a half? Um, it was called a name that I feel is kind of offensive for the type of line that it is when I looked. Line? No, no, no. It was called like the the Asian line or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. What does that mean? I have no idea. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, it was like a special type of bet, and like I don't know. Anyways, I don't touch it. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, this is what play na- not play Alberta. I'm gonna pull it up. We're yeah, going long see. on this episode, but we're gonna get yeah. to the bottom of my my stupid <laughs> bet here, folks. Um, logging in. Oh, they're texting me six. Who cares? All right, Tyson, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, <laughs> thanks for listening, everybody. Check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash I hate this team. And uh, go Canucks, go. Go Canucks, go. Thanks for having me, fellas. Yeah, anytime. Our pleasure. Troubles and doubts Giving me everything Inside and out Love strings So real in the dawn I think of tender things What we're working on Slow change May pull us apart When the lights Get into your heart Baby Don't you Forget about me Don't, 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 don't you forget about me Will you stand above me? Look my way, never love me Rain keeps falling, rain keeps falling
you try to pretend it's my feeling will win in the end I won't harm you or touch your defenses vanity insecurity oh. don't you forget about me I'll be alone dancing, dancing you know it baby going to take you apart I'll put us back together at heart, baby Don't you forget about me Don't, 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 don't Don't you forget about me As you walk on by Will you call my name? As you walk on by Will you call my name when you walk on by? Will you walk away? Cheers, dude.